0: Well, good morning again. Glad y'all are here. Well, yesterday we celebrated our nation's independence. And as one who loves to celebrate the 4th of July, and I do, this year's celebration was different. At least it was for me. And I think the difference is because we are living in a different world compared to the world we lived in. back in 2019. Without question, we are facing difficult and hard times as a country. We see it every night on TV. We hear it on TV. We read it in our social media and news feeds over and over, all these things going on in our country. And it takes a toll on us. I just wrote down some things that we've experienced so far this year as a country. Well, first of all, the division and disunity that we have in this country is unparalleled. I've never seen it like this before in my 56 years of existence. Uh, And I think you're gonna see this division ramp up as we get closer and closer to November with the presidential elections. Uh, this political division that we have in our country will increase greatly as we move toward November. And of course, COVID 19. We didn't even know what that was to start the year. And now, to date, and this may not be totally crude, but over 128,000 people in the United States have died because of COVID 19. 128,000. And now we have all these. Uh, positive cases ramping up. Number just increases day after day. And with that came record high unemployment for this country. Got up to almost 16%. And as of today, there are 37 million Americans who are unemployed. Now that number sounds big, but let me put it in perspective. That's seven times the population, seven times the population um, greater than the population of South Carolina. It would take seven South Carolinas to make, a, to make that 37 million people that are unemployed. Financial hardships have been experienced by many in this church, and in this, in this country. Uh, there are those in this church who've lost their jobs because of, co, of the COVID-19. Many have been furloughed without pay and then all the racism and racial tensions and social injustice and all that's been going on there, the rioting when peaceful protests turn violent, on and on. And then loneliness, the loneliness of social isolation. Let me tell you, I've talked to some people in our church, some of our older members, who have not been out of their home since March. The only time they leave their home is to walk down to the mailbox and walk back. Someone's bringing them groceries. Someone's bringing them medicine, taking care of their yard. They are just not leaving their house. So the social isolation that we are experiencing is unbelievable. And then there's the recent ruling from the Supreme Court that said that definition of sex that God created male and female was just not enough. It needed to be expanded. And so the Supreme Court voted to expand the definition of sex to male, female, sexual orientation, and gender identity. Passed that law not too long ago. And I say all this to say this. Life is not normal and it has not been for some time. In the middle of all these changes and hard times that we are experiencing as a country, anxiety, stress, depression, and fear are at an all-time high. You know, as believers, we know that storms are a part of our everyday life. My mama told me a long time ago, you're either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or going into a storm. And I think that's about right. But 2020 is not just any storm. It is a category five storm that's getting stronger and stronger. But we must not allow the hard times that we are experiencing, the hard days that we are experiencing to scare us, To consume us, to overwhelm us, where all we think about is all these things going on. Instead, we need to focus. We need to focus on the Holy Spirit of God living inside us, giving us the help we need to face these storms. This morning, that's what I want to talk about. But let me start off with a quote from Jerry Vines. He said, Life is too lonely, and the journey, It's too treacherous to travel without a helper, the Holy Spirit. He wrote that many, many years ago. And I think it's applicable today to all that we are experiencing. We need help. So this morning, I want us to take a look at the Holy Spirit. Now listen, I don't have time to do a comprehensive study or a comprehensive survey on the Holy Spirit of God. I would need many, many sermons to do that. But what I wanna do today is I wanna focus on what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. And he said a great deal in the Gospel of John at his upper room message when he is talking to his disciples just hours really from going to the cross. He begins to talk about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And as he delivers this farewell message to his disciples, he talks about the Holy Spirit in chapter 14 of John, chapter 15 of John, and chapter 16 of John. Again, we don't have time to look at everything he said about the Holy Spirit, but I do want to pull out some messages today to help us know who the Holy Spirit is, what he does, and how he does it. And I'm going to be referring to the Holy Spirit as helper, He is our helper, and you'll see why why I'm doing that in just a second. But I want to go through these passages and get a better understanding of who this helper is because we definitely need someone to help us through the hard times that we are in. So let's start with the helper's identity, and we see that in John chapter 14, verses 16 and the first part of 17. Here's what the Bible says, and again, every Scripture that I read this morning is written in red. It's from the word. It's from the mouth of Jesus Christ. It is he that has given us this uh, scripture this morning. And he says in verse 16, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth. And let me just stop right there and kind of talk a little bit about this. You know, in describing this person, this Holy Spirit. Um, The Greek word used here renders our English word paraclete. You may have heard that before. And that means one being called alongside to assist. It is a Greek word that's very hard to translate, not used much in Scripture at all. And so if you look at this passage in different translations, you'll see different words used for the Holy Spirit, for this paraclete here. If you read it in the ESV, you'll see the word advocate. If you read it in the NIV, in the Christian Standard Bible, you will see this translated as the counselor who comes to help. If you read it in the New American Standard Bible, the New King James Version, you'll see it as the helper who comes to help. And if you read it in the King James Version, you'll see it as the comforter who comes to help. So again, lots of different words used for this And some may say, well, that's confusing. Well, it's not for me. Because when I see that, here's what I think. I have someone helping me who is an advocate, who is a counselor, who is a helper, who is a comforter. And he's coming to help me face the hard times that I'm in. I also want you to notice the verse 16 says, I will send you another helper. He didn't He didn't say, I'm going to send you a helper. He says, I'm going to send you another helper. Again, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. And when you look at that Greek word for another, it means another of the same kind. So really what Jesus is saying, catch this. The Father is going to send you a helper, another helper just like me. And Jesus was there to offer all that care and comfort that they needed. And now the Holy Spirit has been called. So when you look at this, you see his personal nature. He's just not a spirit or force. He is a person and he is a helper. He is another helper that has come to live inside of us. I love what Chuck Swindoll said. He said, for within us dwells infinite comfort and care in the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, again, don't just breeze through that. Look at what it's saying. I don't care what kind of hard times you're going through. And listen, we've been through hard times and we have more hard times ahead of us. But the Holy Spirit is is within us. The Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit brings infinite comfort and infinite care. Infinite means no limit, unlimited comfort and care. He brings to you in the person of the Holy Spirit. So look at his personal nature. He's another helper, but also look at his perfect character and that is his spirit of truth as we see there in the first part of verse 17. You see, our helper is truth. He cannot lie or be associated with lies. He will never lead us to do anything that is contrary to the word of God. The Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. He gives insight to the meaning of Scripture and how to apply them. The Holy Spirit of truth uses the word of truth to guide us into the will of God. Let me say that one more time. The Spirit of truth uses the word of truth to guide us into the will of God. Christian writer Bill Crowder said, as God, the Holy Spirit has all attributes of deity, one of which is truth. He does not have the capacity to lie and is therefore absolutely trustworthy in all he says. You can count on this helper. So we look at his identity Let's move on as we continue with this passage and look at the helper's in dwelling. Picking up in 17 where I left off, let's read that 17 and through uh, 18. It says, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Again, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And here in verse 17, he talks about how this helper is going to abide with them and dwell with him. And as you look at this indwelling, I want you to see, first of all, it is a present relationship. The Holy Spirit is going to be with you and the Holy Spirit is going to be in you. Now, the moment we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. Our body becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit. There is not a person anywhere who can be a Christian without the Holy Spirit. Can't happen. In fact, it is the Holy Spirit who comes in and gives us the help we need to live the Christian life and to be that example of Jesus Christ. Here's something maybe you never thought about. The Holy Spirit is the one person of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He is the one person of the Trinity with whom we have the most dealings with in this present age. Again, a lot of people don't understand the Holy Spirit. And they don't don't see it just like he talks about here. They can't receive it because they neither see it nor know, know him. But you do. So there is this present relationship that we have, and I love what David Jeremiah said. He said the Holy Spirit is God's, catch this, God's personal presence at work in my life. Now again, the God who always been, who spoke everything into existence, his personal presence through the Holy Spirit now lives inside of me. I got all the help I need to face the storms of life. God, the personal presence of God is living inside of me. So it's a present relationship in this indwelling that we're talking about from the helper, but it's also a permanent relationship because the Holy Spirit will not leave you. At Pentecost and from that time on, all the way through the present era, when the Spirit of God comes into a believing sinner at salvation, he never leaves. Unlike the Old Testament where he would come and leave, depending on what was needed, leadership or some ability to make things as they did with the temple. You see all that in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, it changed at Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit came into the life of a believer, he came to stay. He never leaves us. He comes, he baptizes us into the body of Christ. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. And when the God's Spirit indwells a believer at salvation, he comes to stay. James Merritt said, once the Holy Spirit moves in, he never moves out. He's not a renter, but an owner. Wherever you go, whatever you go through, he is there with you. I don't know about you, but I need to hear that. With the hard times that we're facing, I need to know that my Holy Spirit in me Never going, he's never going to leave me. And he's going to go wherever, with me and whatever I go through and whatever I face, he's going to be right there with me. And even though this unbelieving world does not understand the Holy Spirit, believers, you must know and understand how much the Holy Spirit loves you and how much he cares for you. He will never leave you alone. You are not an orphan, as it says here in this passage. No, you're not an orphan, you are a child of the King. There's no need to have a troubling heart. There's no need to have a hurting heart with all that we're facing today. A helper who is always true, abides with you and in you wherever you go, And no matter what you face, this helper is with you. So we look at his identity, his indwelling, but also let's jump down to bottom part of chapter 14. Let's look at the helper's impact. And again, we're gonna look at verses 26 through 27 of chapter 14. It says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace, i leave with you. My peace, I give you. Do Do not give to you as the world gives and do not let your heart, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Again, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And here in these verses, he begins to talk about his ministry, his his impact, how he's gonna minister to people. And Jesus emphasized his role uh, as a teacher here to remind the disciples that he is gonna remind you of all the things I've taught you and reveal even more. And I think this promise extends beyond the disciples to us today. And so when we look at this impact, that the helper has. I want you to see that it's purposeful. He instructs and he illuminates. Let me talk a little bit about this. This is a very important ministry of the Holy Spirit. See, one, person, one purpose of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to instruct us in the things of God. It is the Holy Spirit who guides us as we read God's word and helps us interpret it accurately. I mean, again, he wrote it. He is there with you, guiding you, helping you to interpret it accurately. It is the Holy Spirit who reveals the deep things of God and gives us understanding. He's not just a teacher. He's not just an instructor. He is a divine instructor. And during hard times, we must rely on the Holy Spirit to give us spiritual insight and understanding and how we desperately need that during these hard times that we're in. Because many times we're asking, why, why? Pray to the Holy Spirit. He can give you insight. He can give you understanding. Illumination involves how the Spirit of God helps us understand the truths of God. It is the method used by the Holy Spirit to shine divine light on our mind and on the Scripture as we read God's Word and help us understand and apply God's Word to our life. Each day as we read God's Word, we need to ask the same Holy Spirit who inspired the writing to illuminate the reading. Now that's, good, that's a good word. That's something you ought to pray every time you read God's word. Pray, Holy Spirit, I know you inspired this writing. I'm getting ready to read. Now I want you to illuminate my mind so I can understand it. And that's why so many times we can read a passage and we get something and then come back later and read the same passage and get something else because it is a living word of God and the Holy Spirit is working. He's illuminating your mind and illuminating the word of God. Billy Graham said, it is the business of the Holy Spirit to lift the veil Satan has put over our minds and to illuminate so that we can understand the things of God. You can't do it on your own understanding. Bible tells you don't lean on your own understanding. You pray to the Holy Spirit. Every night when I read God's word, that's my, I, in my prayer, my Lord, I'm getting ready to read your word. And I'm excited about that and I'm excited what you're gonna reveal to me in your word. See, we need to be in God's word and it's the Holy Spirit there I mean, think about it, he wrote it, he inspired it. He understands it. He's the author and he's there present with you as you read God's word. So as you look at the helper's impact, it's purposeful but it's also peaceful. He says he gives and he leaves peace. And the peace Jesus is speaking of enables believers to remain calm in the most difficult and hard circumstances. Now, some of us have a little more trouble with that, but the Holy Spirit, if you rely on him, will help you remain calm. It is the presence of peace, the peace of God that allows us to rejoice in pains and trials, to, to sing in the middle of suffering. You see, unsaved people enjoy peace when there is the absence of trouble. Christians enjoy peace in spite of the trials, In spite of the hard times, because it is the presence of a personal, powerful Holy Spirit that lives in us, that helps us remain at peace. Today, we're facing difficulties and hardships in our lives, but but hear what Jesus said as he ended this uh, writing here in verse 27. He says to the disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be Afraid. And as believers, we have the Holy Spirit within us. And I firmly believe that what he's saying to these disciples applies to us today. His presence will provide the peace that we need in the midst of trials and also hardships and joy. The promises that Jesus gave the disciples, I firmly believe, still stands today. Do not let your hearts be troubled And do not be afraid as we face the storm we have in 2020. Warren Wiersbe, one of my favorite Bible teachers, said we have the Spirit within us, the Savior above us, and the Word before us. What tremendous resources for peace. Again, let me me break that down for you. that's, That's a powerful statement he makes there. What he's saying is you have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit within us. You got the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ at the right hand of the Father above us interceding on our behalf and you have the written revelation, the Word of God in your hand to read. What else do you need? What tremendous resources for peace. Let's move on to chapter 15. And let's talk a little bit about the helper's intent as we look at chapter 15 of John, verses 26 and 27. It says, When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Again, this is Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit, and he says he will testify about me. And you must also testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. So let's talk a little bit about this helper's intent uh, uh, that we have here. But I tell you, I I, I like to um, talk a little bit about um, the fact that he talks about how the the Holy Spirit of God is going to testify about Jesus. And when you look at this intent, you see that, that he po- always, 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 the Holy Spirit always points to Christ. That's, that's his focus. He is, he is going to testify about Christ. You see, he told him about the helper in chapter 14 who will come and teach and instruct and illuminate. Now he's thinking, now he is, is explaining that the helper will speak about Jesus and of Jesus. You see, everything the Holy Spirit does is consistent with the testimony and the nature of Jesus Christ. His job is to tell us and to show us who Jesus is. He is the one who will testify of Jesus in all that he does Here's maybe an easier way to understand this. If the spotlight is on Jesus, then the Holy Spirit is at work. He always points to Christ. And when you come away from a church service or you come away from a Bible study and you have a better understanding of Jesus and you're more in love with Jesus, guess what? The Holy Spirit has been at work because he points to Christ. The helper reveals all that Christ has done for us. Dwight L. Moody said many years ago, the Holy Spirit makes real in me what Jesus did for me. And he does that. He'll give you a better understanding of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he points to Christ. That's his intent. He points to Christ, but he also powers believers to witness the be that uh, incredible witness for them. He gives us the ability to share Christ. The Holy Spirit guides us and he provides us with opportunities to be a witness. He empowers us to witness with courage and boldness. He goes ahead of us to soften the hearts and to open the ears so that people can hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So as we go in our daily lives, let us go and make disciples. Let us be witnesses for Jesus Christ because I promise you, if you if you allow yourself to be used by the Holy Spirit, he will use your witness and your testimony to point people to Jesus Christ. Charles Stanley says the Holy Spirit enables and he empowers us to be, make sure you see that, to be witnesses of Christ Jesus to a lost and dying world. He doesn't empower us to pray about those sharing Christ. He doesn't empower us and enable us to to, um, talk about people sharing Christ. No, he, he enables and empowers you to be a witness. He expects everyone in this room, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, to be a witness for Christ. So we've learned a lot about the Holy Spirit so far. We've talked about what he does We've learned about his identity, his indwelling, his impact, his intent, and finally, we learn about his involvement in our lives as we move now to chapter 16 of John. And look at a few verses from there, verses seven through eight and 13 through 14. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Helper Will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. Verse 13. But when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet. To come, He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Now, there's a lot in this passage. And we could spend another 30 minutes that we don't have talking about this passage. But what I do want you to see right off the bat is in verse seven. Again, this is Jesus' words. He's talking to his disciples. And here's what Jesus says to his disciples. He says it will be good for you if I leave. What? Can you imagine the response and the reply from the disciples? I mean, Jesus is saying it's for your good that I need to leave so the Holy Spirit can come. I mean, think about this. For three years, 24-7, these disciples have been with Jesus and now he's telling them it's going to be for your good for me to leave. You see, Jesus was with them but the Holy Spirit would be in them forever. See, so Jesus could show them and tell them how to live, but the Holy Spirit would come into their life and enable them to live it out. So, he's talking about his involvement, and I want you to see how he promotes truth. The Bible says that he proves the world's in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. And these are three important acts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Don't have it in your notes, but just follow along with me. The first thing he says is it talks about sin. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. And we live in a day and time where sin is often ignored, sin is justified, sin is downplayed, and God forbid sin, sin is accepted as normal behavior. That's not what the Holy Spirit allows. He brings conviction into the world and he does it by convicting believers one at a time. And so that lost person that doesn't know Christ, he brings conviction into their life to show them the sin and what sin is and how it has separated you from a holy and righteous God. And because of that sin, you deserve death and hell. It is the Holy Spirit that convicts us of our sins, shows us of the sin that we have in our life and points us to the one who can help us. So he convicts the world of sin. He also reveals the righteousness of God. And the Bible says that we are all filthy rags compared to the righteousness of God. And as the Holy Spirit pointing to Christ, showing you who Christ is and showing you who you are, and if you do not have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will never be justified you will never be righteous. It is the blood of Jesus Christ that covers us that makes us righteous in the eyes of a holy God. So he reveals the standard of God's righteousness, showing people time and time again that they are not in a right standing with God. And then he demonstrates his judgment, judgment over Satan, judgment over uh, sin. Simply put, the Holy Spirit convicts of sin that we commit the righteousness that we have forfeited and the judgment that is coming. You see, your helper is at work both in your salvation and in your sanctification. English scholar J. Oswald Sanders said, the Holy Spirit does not rest content with a mere revelation of Christ, even though that's important and he tries to reveal the things of Christ. His objective is a reproduction of Christ in the life of a believer. And that's why he's working. That's why he brings a conviction into your life. That's why he's trying to show you that without the blood of Jesus Christ, you are filthy rags in the eyes of God. He's showing you without Christ, you deserve a judgment of death and hell. It is through Christ and the Holy Spirit is pointing to him trying to produce Christ into your life. So as you look at this involvement, I want you to see that he also provides spiritual direction. He guides the saints and he glorifies the Son. You see, our helper is also our guide. He helps us discern what is true, what is right, helps us make good, wise decisions. Instead of seeking other people's advice, we should always first ask the Holy Spirit to direct us. You see, the duty of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus Christ, not himself. The Holy Spirit does not glorify personalities or churches or preachers. No, he glorifies Jesus Christ. It is the desire of the Holy Spirit to bring glory and honor, not to himself, but to the Lord Jesus Christ. Old Southern Baptist preacher Herschel Hobbs said the Holy Spirit does not speak of himself. He reveals Christ. He uses his word to guide us into the will and the work of God. I could go on and on, but as we're coming close to the end, let me leave you with one last quote. Charles Stanley, I found this quote after I finished this sermon. I'm like, oh, I could just use this quote and we'd been done. Go on. Charles Stanley says, all we need to live the Christian life has been deposited within us. At no point since trusting Jesus as our savior have we ever been alone or helpless. He is always present and actively working in our lives. Our divine helper is always there to attend to us, to attend to us in our need. When I read that, I said, you know what? Thank you, Charles Stanley, I need to read that. It was comforting to me. See, regardless of the storms and the hard times that we face and the hard times that we will continue to face, we are never alone and we are never helpless. We have a divine helper present in us, actively working in our lives and attending to us in our need. And that is good news. Maybe there are some listening to my message this morning who do not have this divine helper in their life because they don't have the divine savior in their life. See, without Christ, you are not in a light standing with God. And because of your sin, you face an eternity in hell separated from God. But I want you to understand, God loves you so much he had to do something about the sin in your life he had to make a provision for that sin and that provision was the Lord Jesus Christ God in flesh, fully man, fully God stepped out of heaven came and lived this earth a perfect life showing God revealing the works of God all leading up to dying on the cross to pay a penalty that penalty of death that we should all have paid The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sin. Someone had to shed the blood. It was Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death and hell, and Jesus does not want anyone to go there. But not only did he die on the cross to redeem us, to bring us back to God, to put us in a right standing, he rose from the dead to prove that he was God, and now is at right hand of the Father interceding for us. That's the gospel. Jesus Christ came and the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You know, when someone is in need of help, what do they do? They start crying out, help, help me. Someone please help me. We have a divine helper, but he's not gonna help you until you first have the divine Savior. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you're not sure about that, listen, I'll be standing down here around uh, after we get through. I would really encourage you to come down and talk to me. I'd love to have a conversation about you. There's nothing more important than being in a right standing with God, and that comes through Jesus Christ. He says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And it is that Holy Spirit that is at work in you pointing you to Christ, but also at work to help you with the storms that you are facing. Let's pray. Oh, God, thank you so much for this incredible passage. Thank you so much for the Holy Spirit. Lord, he is God. He, he is uh, the helper that we have within us who helps us make it through the tough times. And Lord, 2020 is a category five storm and we are facing things we've never thought we would face. The Lord is the helper who helps us. And so I just want to say thank you. And I pray that we as a church, First Baptist, would be full of people who are spirit-filled, spirit-controlled, and spirit-directed in all they do. In Christ's name I pray, amen.